everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Layman's channel. Uh, my name's Martin and I will once again be conducting uh, the Bible study this week. Uh, so before we get into it, then let's have a word of prayer. Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and that the entrance of your word brings life and gives understanding to the simple. And Lord, I come before you as one who is more simple than anybody. And Lord, I want to thank you, Lord God, that uh, your word, Lord God, has a way of, of um, impacting our lives, Lord, in ways that sometimes we don't understand, Lord God, and we cannot see now. But Lord, when things unfold, then we see it clearly. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that the word that we look at today, Lord, may not just be a tickling of people's ears, Lord, but the people who are watching this and who are listening to it may uh, gain some fresh understanding about who you are and what you've done, or may it reinforce the truth that they already know. Lord, I pray that today that you would speak to heart, that Lord, that you would um, speak to our spirits, that this would be spirit to spirit communication. And once again, I come before you and I want to thank you, Lord, for the time that you said that you would anoint my lips to enhance the, kill, the kingdom of God. So, Lord, I pray that you would do that, Lord, that you would build up the people that watch this, that they may be strengthened to go through these last days. And Lord, once again, I remind you of your promise that you would use me as a conduit. So flow through me. Use my lips, Lord God, in Jesus name and for your glory and your glory only. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, last week in our studies into the times Jesus said I am, uh, we had a look at Jesus being the bread of life. We also looked at the controversy surrounding his statement when he did say that I am the bread of life and its associations with the showbread on display in the temple and the manner God provided to the Israelites as they wandered through the wilderness. We also briefly looked at the times when we remember his sacrifice through the emblem of bread during the communion service. And we understand that it is by his stripes on his body and his body being broken for us that we are healed. And that that's what it means to partake of the bread. This week, um, I want to take a look at one of the instances in Scripture that might have been overlooked um, by others in their studies of Jesus saying, I am. And this one is found once again in the Gospel of John, and this week we'll be looking at chapter 7 and verses 14 to 30. But before we read that passage, uh, let me once again give you an outline of what happened before the incident we're going to study. Initially, Jesus was reluctant to go to the Feast of Tabernacles because he was sure that his unbelieving brothers did not know the signs of the times. He said to them in verse 8 of John, John chapter 7 that I'm not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. However, as we know, he had a change of heart and then went there in secret. So with that background, let's begin to read the scriptures. John chapter 7 and verse 14. Not until halfway through the feast 
did Jesus go to the temple courts and begin to teach? The Jews were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having studied? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own, it comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honour for himself. But he who works for the honour of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle and you're all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it didn't come from Moses but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from. And when the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand up on him because his time had not yet come. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. One of the things that I personally find interesting about this passage is that it demonstrates the omniscience of Christ Jesus. This was demonstrated by Jesus knowing exactly what was being said about him in the depths of the crowds that were supposedly listening to his teaching. We must bear in mind that the temple was a busy and very noisy place to be at the best of times. Imagine what it must have been like during a major feast. Not only were there people bustling around bringing sacrifices or paying tithes, you also had the noisiness of the animals that were being brought to be sacrificed the bleating of sheep and goats, the lowing of cattle and the twittering of birds. In the midst of all that cacophony, Jesus was teaching the crowd and the crowd was amazed at his teaching. As it was his want, Jesus was challenging their assumptions about the Messiah they were so eagerly awaiting. Some in the crowd who thought that they got being Jewish down to a T, 
did get a bit uppity at Jesus, bringing what they could, what they would have assumed was a heretical teaching, especially around what one could do on the Sabbath. I want you to also notice something about the passage from verse 25. It specifically says that it was some of the people of Jerusalem that were starting to ask questions. It doesn't say that they were necessarily in the crowd that Jesus was teaching. Just that they started to ask questions. I don't know, maybe they were at the periphery of the crowd. Maybe they were just passing by. The two things to notice here is that they answered the questions themselves by saying, but we know where this man is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. And that they were speaking whilst Jesus was still teaching in the temple courts. Jesus didn't pause to listen to what was going on in the crowd. Could Jesus physically hear them? Or was it the fact that because he is the Messiah, he knew the hearts of every man and woman in that place? I have the faith to believe that it was the latter and not the former. For it was while he was teaching that he cried out, why would he have raised his voice if they were in normal teaching voice range? What he said to them was so astounding and so challenged their traditions and assumptions about the Messiah, it made them want to kill him. Here we can clearly see the difference between head knowledge and knowing something by faith in your spirit. Remember, they were astounded at his teaching. Jesus was giving them spiritual wow moments with everything that he said. My observations, and mine only, are that in their hearts they might have known it was true. But their heads were filled with all the jot and tittles of the law that they'd been taught since their childhood days. So much so that their head knowledge outweighed what their hearts was telling them. So let's have a close look at what Jesus said. He cried out, yes, you know me and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. In the very first sentence here, Jesus is pointing out the dichotomy of what they were thinking and what could have been going on in their hearts. In the King James Version we read, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. It was obvious that they knew him, and in their human understanding they knew that he came from Nazareth. The I am here is from the Greek word I me, which literally means I exist. In the context of their questions about Jesus being the Messiah, he was simply answering them by saying, I exist. This was reinforced a few words later when he told them, I am from him. 
effectively saying my existence is from God. Jesus knows with absolute confidence who he is and where he came from and where he was going. In the very next chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus said in verse 14, I know where I came from and where I am going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. In verse 23 of John 8, he says, you are from God, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. In verse 29, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And in verse 42, if God were your father, you'd love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. In case you were still in any doubt, John answers that question of where Jesus comes from beautifully when he tells us in John chapter 1 and verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In the Pauline epistles, Paul also tells us that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We spent a few weeks looking at this passage from Colossians 1 earlier on in the year. So if you'd like to know my thoughts upon this, then just go back and revisit those studies for yourself. The Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 1 and verse 17, he received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We cannot ignore that Jesus said that he was from God. Because he has the backing of the Father when the Father said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Paul again reinforces the truth that Jesus is the Messiah sent from God when he tells the Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives, in bodily form. And again about Jesus when he writes to the Philippians and says of Jesus that who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even to death upon a cross. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue would acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You can find that in Philippians 2 and verses 6 to 11. Unfortunately, the people around Jesus, constantly badgering him with questions, remained willfully ignorant of his claims to be from God. Are you? Are you convinced and convicted of heart about Jesus' claims to be from God? Are you convinced that Jesus is Lord? Are you totally convinced in your heart and your spirit about his claims to be from God? Can I urge you to listen to your heart and to believe? I can remember a long time ago, before I became a Christian, people talking about Christianity around me and me thinking I didn't want to know. And yet there was something going on in my heart that was telling me to investigate. So I investigated. I became a secret Bible reader. And in the end, Jesus himself convinced me that he is from God. And he now stands before God upon my behalf with the scars of his wounds on his hands, his feet, his side and his brow and his back, proclaiming to God that because of his sacrifice, I am innocent, that he has cleansed me from my sin. And you can know that as well. Do you really know that he is from God? If you do, then let's rejoice together in the fact that one day we will see God face to face. If you don't, then can I urge you that you can get to know him, that you can believe, that you can receive his forgiveness and that you can be born again, have a change of heart. Will you do that? I pray that you do. And may God bless you, may he keep you, may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you his shalom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment and turn on your notifications. Just so that you're aware, I know that you're aware already, those of you who are regular viewers, but we do produce a uh, video once a week to be uploaded on a Saturday at uh, 12 noon UK time. May God bless you. See you next week. Amen.